recorded live. Hello and welcome. This is Denise Michaels, and I am here with Jim Stavis and Brianna Dovey. Hello to the two of you. Hi, and it's actually Stavis, Denise. It's Stavis. Just, just I, I apologize, Jim. That's all okay, right. So, That's all right. I haven't corrected you, so. Well, I'll tell you what, and I'm going to get it right from now on. I am here with Jim Stavis and Brianna Doby. Hi, folks. Hello. Hello. And today is July 22nd, 2016, and it's a Friday in the middle of summer. So anyway, this is our first call together um, with Jim and his book, and we're going to be talking about the strategic book plan. Um, um, looks like Brianna had an opportunity to listen to the audio and do two out of three parts of it. Um, Jim was not quite sure what was going on, which um, I'm going to re-record that. So at any rate, and uh, um, we'll just do it today and we'll get moving. So um, Jim, the, the whole idea of that entry-level assignment, and you're right, it comes out of a class that I did a few years ago. And I've, pre I've presented this information many, many times. Um, it originally comes from a book called Attracting Perfect Customers, um, and, uh, but written by Stacy Hall. Um, Stacy's a good friend of mine. The book did very well. It's still in print. Um, but at any rate, I, you know, used it many years when mentoring people in marketing and, you know, workshops and all those kinds of things. And then I saw it had application for people getting the foundation for their book in place as well. So at any rate, um, the, did, you, did you go through the um, sort of visualization part of it at all, Jim? Well, I was pretty much listening to the class and their commentary um, about segments of the book or the class that you were holding. So I, that, that, was, that was pretty much, and I wasn't sure how I kind of fit into that program. So I didn't listen far enough into it probably okay. to get so you, what you wanted. So you never heard the visualization part. So let's, let's do that today. Um, what I want you to do is we're going to do a little visualization. This is the only time in all of the whole book coaching thing, this first call, uh, that we do sort of a visualization. I'm sure you're both um, familiar with what that is. Um, visualization is a great tool to kind of get a picture in your mind of, of something that you want or something that you're looking for. Um, but what I want you to do, Jim, is hopefully you're in a place where you're uh, where you're not distracted and everything. If you're comfortable uh, in visualization with your eyes closed, you can go ahead and do that. If you prefer to keep your eyes open, that's fine as well. Um, but but I want you to imagine that you are at a huge bookstore. You know, it could be um, a Barnes and Noble somewhere or um, maybe one in New York City or Los Angeles or something like that. But you are at a huge bookstore and you have gone up an escalator to the second floor and you're looking down at the bookstore below you and you're looking at the section of the bookstore 
uh, where your book will be held. And you see people kind of milling around there. And you see someone and you've got x-ray vision so you, uh, you're you able to kind of spy in on them a little bit. And you see that they're literally picking up a copy of your book. And you look at them and the way that they're dressed, um, the expression on their face, their um, curiousness about the book, and you decide they really and truly are a representation of an ideal reader for your book. All right? So you take the escalator down the stairs, and you walk up to that person, and you introduce yourself. You say, hello, I'm Jim Davis. And you invite them over to the little coffee shop and offer to get them a beverage. And you sit down to talk with them. And you notice all the qualities, characteristics, and attributes about them as you're talking together that you believe would make that person an ideal reader for your book. Perhaps you like the fact that they've been a reader of self-improvement type books for years. Maybe you appreciate the fact that they smile and they seem to be open-minded. Maybe you like the fact that they seem to be well-educated. Think about all the characteristics, qualities, and attributes that would make that person an ideal book reader for your book. All right? Yep. And when you get that picture in your mind, open your eyes. And I have uh, Brianna's, how she answered these questions. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to add the characteristics, qualities, and attributes that you come up with for this person as your ideal book reader. Right. When you're ready. I'm ready. Yep. Okay, good. All right, so I'm going to just change the color here so I can separate the ones from Brianna and the ones from Jim. All right, Jim, what would you say are the characteristics, qualities, or attributes of your ideal book reader? I would say someone who is emotionally driven, inquisitive. Emotionally uh, driven, inquisitive, so curious and inquisitive. Right. Um, Somebody that is educated. Uh, And when you say educated, what does that look like for you? How much education are you talking about? Well, it means that they they know how to think. You know, they're, they're... Inquisitive people. Um, I don't so would know. You how say, to... Would you say like good critical thinking skills? Yes, that's that's well, that's a good way to put it. Um, oftentimes, I think that my story has a greater appeal for women than for men, but not necessarily. So, okay, so, so when you, so when you asked me the picture, I thought of a woman versus a man. 
Okay, so more likely a woman. Okay, good. What else? Um, sensitive. And what does that mean for you? It means that somebody that's um, drawn to, to stories of sensitivity and feeling and, you know, that are, um, again, that kind of speaks to the emotional perspective um, more so than that, you know, that are um, perhaps as logic driven uh, on the okay. other side. What about, um, it just popped into my brain when you said sensitive, what I thought of was caring and compassionate. Would you say that that's, would be true or not? Yeah, I would say that that's true. Caring there and... Is, there is a spiritual component as well. So I think that people that are spiritual in their overall nature, I think, is, an, is, is important as well. Okay. They have a spiritual nature. Okay. Um, age group? Um, age group, it varies. I would say that it tends to be um, 35 and older. Okay. Age 35 plus. Okay. So uh, Brianna has said midlife. So you got you two are on the same page as far as that goes. Yeah, I don't know if 35 is considered midlife anymore, but I... You know, that if, I suppose the, the difference would be if it's 50 and older or 35 and older. I think people that are more, that have a little more life experience and that are more, um, you know, concerned about mortality and um, health issues, things of this sort, are more receptive to that, to, to my way of thinking. Okay. All right. So they're concerned about mortality and health issues? Yes. Okay, good. Anything else? Um, I think that um, people that have experienced some level of adversity themselves are drawn to my um, stories. Mean, meaning that they've had some challenges within their own lives. Now, how I would describe that in a in a word, I don't know, but it's. Um, I, I don't people... think I don't, I don't think anyone feels that they've lived a charmed life. You know, um, last night I was watching the Republican convention. And I saw Ivanka Trump get up, and she's talking about how challenging it is, how challenging it is to be a mother. And I thought she probably got a nanny for yeah. each child, you know, a personal trainer, right. a full-time housekeeper, you know, all these things, right? So I right. think it's I think it's kind of in the eye of the beholder, you know, people who have experienced adversity, like what kind of adversity that might be. I think it's a little different. But 
would you say they're people who have overcome adversity in their life? Um, I would say that it's people that have some that have overcome and that some that are in the midst, in the midst of it um, at the moment, you know, so it's okay. people that, that are currently in some form of crisis themselves and are looking for, you know, a different perspective on how to cope. So looking for coping. I think so. Strategies, maybe. Okay, good. Good, good, good. So I'm going to share with you what uh, Brianna said. Brianna, are you still with me? I am speaking with you. I'm right here. Okay. We had some feedback there a little bit while Jim was talking, but it seems to be better now. So, okay. So Brianna said, interested in, I'm just going to check with you, um, um, Jim, to make sure you feel like, you know, yes, these are all true. And if any of them are not true, um, you know, it's no judgment on Brianna or anything like that. You know, it's just... It's just you guys went off and did these on your own, right? So um, anyway, uh, so Brianna said, characteristics, qualities, and attributes of Jim's ideal book or speaking customer. She said, interested in self-improvement. Would you say that's true, Jim? Absolutely. Okay. Um, Has a context for health challenges or is a caregiver? Yes. Okay. Um, intersected with diabetes, health failure, uh, I'm sorry, intersected with diabetes, heart failure, kidney disease, or transplant, or other common chronic terminal disease? I would say that that's not necessarily true. It's not necessary. Let's put it that way. Okay. I, I think, okay. you know, any sort of adversity, hopefully people can find some value or merit in it. Right, right. Okay, good. Um, Wants to do better. Yes. Okay. Um, Looking for inspiration. Yes. Okay. Um, Active on social media. Mm, I would say not necessarily because, again, if you look at the demographics of the age group that it's appealing to, many of those people are not as socially active as a, the younger generation is. Right. Now, Brianna, let me ask you, before I remove this, why did you put that in there? What What was your thought? Um, <clears throat> I thought that um, since Facebook is moving more towards the baby boomer generation um, and um, I was thinking more like, Active on, maybe I should say active on social platforms that are kind of like age appropriate for their generation. So Jim um, nor I are on Snapchat, um, but people who are maybe checking checking something online where they're going to hear about Jim. Like I feel like you almost have to be online in order to find out about the book or find out about speaking or find out about what's going on. Yep, that's, that's what I was thinking when I saw active on social media because there's a very good possibility that's how they're going to find out about the book. Right. So, right. Jim, you want me to take that one off or keep it there? Well, it's, 
I suppose there's some merit to that because in today's world, that is an, a, a way of promoting and marketing. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can always change it later, but I, I think that was pretty smart on Brianna's part to put that there. So anyway, um, likes inspirational messages online and in books as reminders, lessons, etc. Say that again. It says likes inspirational messages online and in books as reminders, yes. lessons, etc. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, reads something motivational and gets excited. Yes. Okay. Um, you you really nailed it, Brianna. This is great. Like Brianna, knows, long... Brianna knows me quite well. <laughs> right. No, I know. I know. Okay. Likes to learn from others. Flexible in thinking. Likes to learn from others and flexible in thinking. Right. What does that mean? So I was thinking, Jim, kind of um, your, I, when I think about your ideal reader or the people who interact with you online, they're not people who think they've already figured out the way to be in this world. They're kind of people who are like, you know, I've always got something to learn. Yeah. Or, no matter where right. I am, I can learn something from someone else. So they're not so, um, they're not set in their ways. They're a little yeah. more flexible. Okay. So, I it, so, it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like what Brianna is saying is they're not stuck in the mud. They're more open-minded. That's correct. Open-minded is correct, yes. Okay. All right. So, O-P-E-N-M-I-N-D-E-D. Okay. Good. Um, looking for positive narratives. Yes. Okay. Um, reads Jim's book and thinks, I'd like to see him speak. Let's hope so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, striving for upwardly upward mobility or upwardly mobile. What explain that what your thinking was there, Brianna? Uh, I think when I I went back and looked at your Facebook posts that have really taken off, and I felt like it was people, um, you know, I can't click to every single Facebook profile, and people have some private too, but I kind of thought it was like when I was able to see folks' pages when they had interacted with your posts, it seemed like it was people who were working, and, and like they were posting like business motivational messages sometimes or like inspirational messages like they were folks who were sharing positive things but they were like striving I don't really know it was kind of me looking at the photographs of people too like it seemed to be people who were like their their profile pictures were like them out doing something like it, it wasn't necessarily somebody who was in the you know like in a hospital bed there were some of those folks who definitely had like health things going on that you could see from their photos but it seemed like people like Younger professionals, midlife professionals, people who were working, who were trying, you know, striving a little bit. I don't know. Does that make sense? Maybe that was just my kind of sample of Facebook people that I clicked on. I would what say do you think, that I, I think that it's people that have a, 
um, desire for, for betterment in their life. You know, they want to continue to live a, a better quality of life. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that I would say that they're upwardly mobile. I mean, mm-hmm. that, I, I just think that they want to make improvements in their, in their life or in their lifestyle. So I think that's, that's fair. I would, I would agree with that, Jim. I think that's a better way to categorize it. Okay. All right. Good. Then I will take that out of here. Okay, good. Looking for someone to reassure them everything will be okay. Yes. I like that one, Brianna. Okay. Um, seeking an empathetic and relatable mentor which maybe they don't have in real life, but can engage with online or with a book. I would say that's true as well. Okay, good. So that's all of them. So now we have a really great list um, because we kind of combined them. One one question for you, Denise. Yes, sir. What is a bookstore? What is a bookstore? Yeah, I don't know anybody that goes to bookstores anymore. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I had, had, I had to have, for the purpose of the visualization, I had to have some place that you could envision, you know, I and know. I know. I'm kidding. I mean, I'm kidding you. I'm kidding. Well, <laughs> see, I have, I have Barnes & Noble like five minutes away from where I live, so I probably I go there about twice a month. And okay. I would say it's, um, you know, in the 14 years that I've lived here, the amount of customers or traffic doesn't seem like it's changed that much, even though borders closed down like four or five years ago. Um, but um, less of the square footage is on books, you know. Mm, they, right. have, mm-hmm. they, have more, they have more like gifty things and, you know, game-like things and, you know, you can buy yoga mats there and, you know, different <laughs> kinds of stuff. Greeting cards, although what the heck is a greeting card anymore, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Anyway, anyway I, 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 I'm sorry. I was, I'm, I'm a kidder. You have to understand that. That's my personality. Okay. <laughs> I thought that was like a serious question. I was no, like, no, oh, no, no. <laughs> All right. Okay. So um, now we're going to go back to the visualization one more time. And I want you to, once again, imagine that you're with this ideal customer sitting across from them at the coffee shop. And I'm going to ask five questions. Only, Jim, I'm not asking these questions of you. I'm asking them of this person who's your ideal book reader. So I want you to kind of get a sense of how would your ideal book reader reply to these questions and I'll ask them once while you're kind of you know have your eyes closed and then I'll ask them again so that I can you know get them down on paper and combine them with what Brianna has done okay so the first one is why do they get out of bed every day why do they get out of bed every day right and once you feel like you have an answer that what how they would respond to that just say okay and I'll go on to the next Okay. Okay. Who is the most important person to them in the world? Okay. 
what is most important to them in the world. Okay. What do they want to accomplish before they leave this world? Okay. And what do they really love about their life? Okay. These are all very good questions, Denise. Yeah. And and basically what these questions do, Jim, is they reveal core values, you know, Um, because, you know, we set goals, you know, whether we set them every year or every month or whatever we do, you know, we set goals, you know, maybe they're long-term or short-term or mid-range. But the reason that we set those goals in the first place is to get closer to our core values, you know. So core values sort of reflect our behaviors when nobody else is looking, you know. Correct. So the the first question was, why do they get out of bed in the morning? Right. And what what do you think your ideal customer, how would they reply to that question? Well, what is interesting is that I ask that question. In, in fact, in my documentary, I answer that question. It's a, and, and I think that it's, very, it's a very personal question, and everybody's answer will be different. Um, but mm-hmm. my... My the title of my documentary is Source of Hope, and it really does. That is at the crux of the Source of Hope. What makes you get out of bed every day? What is it that you know drives you to um, you know kind of go forward in your life? And that's uh, a fundamental question. And but I think that it's hard to answer it. You know, I could tell you what. For me, what it is, but I think for everybody, that quest, the, the answer is going to be different because it's what makes everybody different. So I think it's very important that people think about that. That's part of what, that's um, part of my substance of my um, talk that I give is all about. Kim, Kim, what is it for you? Why do you get out of bed every morning? Um, it's, it's a um, family is, is probably number one, you know, meaning that that's um, kind of the meaning of life and the legacy that you leave um, for others. That to me is fundamental to who I am. Um, but, you know, some people might say God. That's not one that I would necessarily say, but, you know, that, that's an answer that I think a lot of people go to. And, what, what was uh, that? I didn't, I didn't hear the word you had for that a lot, other one. A lot, of people, a lot of people will say God, you know, that oh, they God. have, a, okay. that, that that's their higher purpose, you know, that that's what drives them to get out of bed every day. That's not true for me, but I do understand that answer. Right. Okay. Oh, that's that's good. This is just like, you know, these answers are mostly kind of one sentence, maybe two max. The second question is, who is the most important person to you in the world? Um, my answer would be myself. I, I don't. I don't know that. I think you have to look after number one first. Um, and you need to always remember that, you know, and don't, don't ever um, 
you know, put yourself in a position where you're not being looked after and you're not looking after yourself. I'm typing this out. It sounds very selfish, but I think that it's kind of fundamental. Right. Right. Okay, good. Good, good. All right. So number two is who are the, let's, uh, let's see, one is why do you get out of bed? Who are the most important people? What is most important to you in the world? What is the most important thing in the world? What is most important to you in the world? Um, love, joy, and happiness. Good. Good. That's I like, great. I sound like a, pre- a preacher. Yeah, no, you don't. You sound like Jim Stavis. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, what do you want to accomplish before you leave this world? Um, to try and have the great, the greatest impact. I'm asking this question. You know what, Jim? I'm kind of losing you. Are you like not uh, the headset, not close to your mouth or something? No, let me move where I'm. I'm located. It might help. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. No problem. Is this any better? Yes, much. Thank you. Okay. okay. Okay, what do you want to accomplish before you leave this world? Again, I'm answering these questions for, from my perspective, not necessarily from my audience's perspective. But for me, it is having the most amount of impact that I can on others. And that's really what, to me, what life is all about is the influence that you can have on others. What What would you say it is for your ideal readers? It's so hard to. It's so hard for I me know. to put. I know you got to get yourself behind their eyeballs for a minute. Yeah. You know? Well, and, and the problem is the problem is that everybody's different. So I think that it's hard to come up with an answer that's going to generalize well, they're all going to feel this way because I, I don't, I, I think that everybody's different. In, 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 all, in all of these questions, you're going to get a variety of responses. And so I think it's hard to kind of uh, generalize. Okay. But that's my, that's my thought. Okay. All righty. And what do they really love about their life? Again, for me, it's um, a number of things. It's um, it's it's family. It's success. It's um, well-being. Not necessarily in those orders. Uh, in that okay. order. Those are big ones. I'm sorry. I said those are big ones. Those are big rocks. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. You know, as Stephen Covey would have said. That's good. Okay. All right, good. So we're going to move on to um, question number three, and this is the one that um, 
uh, Rihanna didn't do. And when you hear it, Jim, you'll understand why it would be, you know, a little challenging for her to possibly wrap her brain around it, you know, or, you know, anybody outside of yourself to wrap their brain around it. So, and that is, what is the problem or problems you want your book to solve for readers? I would like to encourage through through inspirational stories readers to be able to have a different perspective on the challenges that they encounter within their own lives. So that's really my, that has been my goal is a way to perhaps shine a light on how they can look at their lives differently and put perspective into their lives. Change their perspective. Yeah. It's just, it's challenging them to look at things differently. What else do you want them? What, and, what and, else? and it and it and it and and my my goal really is always for people to think more positively. We, there there's a tendency for people to look at the negative rather than the positive. The glass half full, the glass half empty, sure, that sort. Of sure. Thing. So, okay. What else? You know, so that's part of my messaging is is trying to have a positive approach towards difficult times and also, um, you know, find a, a way to improve their lives. When you say a way to improve their lives, can you tell me more about that? I mean, we all tend to look at ourselves in relation to others. And so right. sometimes when you sometimes when you hear the plight of others, it makes you look at your own life, and that's really what I try and do is by sharing some of my stories, is that it allows people the freedom to look at their own life and then perhaps look at it a little differently than they did before, and that hopefully is a is a good thing. Right. Right. And when you talk about um, helping them sort of solve problems, you mostly mean by kind of wrapping their brain around those problems differently, seeing them in a different light. That's correct. Okay. Anything else? That's, That's pretty much, it boils down to that. Yeah. Yeah, these are all good. These are all very good. How does my how does my speech um, promoter feel about those qu- answers, Brianna? I feel good. I feel really good. Um, similar answer from a lot of it, as we can see. So, do you feel that this is um, you know because I mean I've watched a couple of Jim's videos. But do you feel like this is pretty much in alignment with the message he shares when he speaks on the platform? 
Um, I think I think he's given more of the medical adversity speeches maybe than he wants to give, and that's more of what we show. Um, he has spoken other places like at Morgan Stanley and at his gym um, where he's done more less focused on his medical adversity story and more focused on his business or, um, you know, the other parts of his life. So sure, sure. I, I would say that the, the Jim Davis Speaks website has more of the, the medical than I think Jim wants to be overall. Right. That she's right. And that most of my writings that I do, let's say for my newsletter, for example, are more life lessons, um, more of the, psychological lessons more so than the medical um, side. Okay, good. Good, good. I, good. In, fact, in fact, I always have a desire to try and shift it from the medical adversity, even though that's a fundamental part of who I am, and more so tailor it so that people can benefit from it themselves. Because odds are they're not going to go through the same medical adversity that I went through but how can they learn from it? Right. Good. Good, good. Okay. All right. So what I'm going to do, because I've been taking notes, and what I did is everything that Brianna wrote is, you know, typed in black, and everything that uh, Jim added I typed in blue, so you can kind of see the difference, you know, how they work together. But this gives us a really good sort of psychographic profile I mean, there's a little bit of the demographic there, like age 35 plus and, you know, the fact that they're educated, although we didn't talk about, like, a specific educational level, like they have a bachelor's degree or something like that. Um, but I, I kind of feel that the definition um, you gave, Jim, as them being a person with, you know, sort of good critical thinking skills was, was fine. Um, as far as education. But this is sort of a psychographic profile of your ideal book reader. And so every time that you are writing something or I am editing something, I'm going to go back and I'm going to look at the strategic book plan. And, you know, there's going to be pieces and parts that you're going to be adding to what you've already written um, that you are going to uh, look at it. So you kind of get that person in the back of your brain. You know, it's super easy when you're just writing, like, out of your own thoughts. But now, you know, the, the, uh, the idea of writing a book is to help and to influence people. So that means meeting them where they live, right? Yes. So mm-hmm. at any rate, so I will send this to you as soon as we wrap up the call. Okay. So with the time we have left, I'm going to give uh, both of you an assignment and you two can decide how you're going to divvy this up uh, between the two of you before we meet again and schedule a time to meet next week. Um, But the next thing is what's called a competitive analysis. Okay, competitive analysis. And I'm going to send you a um, sort of a sample template of a competitive analysis that I did uh, quite a few years ago for my own book um, so that you can look at it and you can kind of use it as a guide. But the competitive analysis basically, in terms of for a book, what we're doing is we want to make sure that our your book, I said I'm a book, your book uh, doesn't come across as me too. 
you know, it comes across as there's something fresh or new feeling about it. So both the strategic book plan we just completed and the competitive analysis gets you a little bit closer to do to that, okay? So there's two major parts to this assignment, and part of it is done at bookstores. I know you think there are no more bookstores, but there are. And part of it is done at Amazon.com, okay? okay? And what I want you to do is find about a half a dozen books at um, the bookstore, you know, say Barnes & Noble, all right, that you think are pretty closely or as close as you can find in alignment with your book, okay? Now, you probably won't find a book that's written by somebody who's had, you know, three organ transplants, but you might find something that, um, sort of motivational and inspirational for people going through medical challenges. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, I actually already know of a couple that I like. You, that... Right. You may have a few of them on your bookshelf, and I always tell people in the process of doing these exor- this exercise, if you end up buying more books, whether you buy paper and ink ones or download them to an e-reader, um, that's your responsibility and not mine, you know. But a lot of times people get fascinated by what they find out there. Now, a couple things about the books I want you to look for. I want you to look for books that are, like, no more than five years old unless they've had more current printings. Right. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. so we want them to be reasonably current. Right. All right. And I want them to be at least 125 pages in length. And right. the reason I say that is because, especially when you go on uh, Amazon, you'll find these little things and they're like 20-something pages long. Somebody wrote it in a weekend, you know, just right. so they could make right. $1.99 per download, you know, something crazy like right. that. Okay. So those are some of the, you know, sort of the ground rules for this. So in the competitive analysis, you're going to include the title of the book, the author of the book, the publisher of the book, Uh when it was originally published, and if there's been any, like, reprintings, or revisions to the book. Okay. You usually find that find that on that Library of Congress page. Okay. And then you're also going to want the number of pages in the book. And then what are the primary colors of the book cover? Okay. So maybe it's white, black, and red, or it's um, olive green, yellow, and white, or you know something like that. Okay. Okay. And then you're going to write. You know, so you're going to do this for Barnes and Noble, and then you're going to do this for Amazon. And the reason I ask you to do both is because Amazon has absolutely everything that's out there. Right. Okay. Whereas Barnes & Noble, because they've got limited shelf space, they only have what's selling. Right. Which is an important distinction. Right. 
So then you're going to have approximately six on one side and six on the other. And then what I want you to do is combine the two and narrow it down to, say, five or six of them total. Right. Okay. And then you're going to write one paragraph, and you'll see the paragraph that I wrote when you, uh, you know, when I send this to you. Okay. And the first part of the, you know, there's basically two parts to this paragraph. And it's fairly short, like six or seven lines of type. Okay. The first half of the paragraph is about what this book is about. You know, because you're going you're gonna to look at the front cover, the back cover, the table of contents. You're going to skim through it a little bit. If you're on Amazon, hopefully they'll have like a first chapter available that you can, you know, look at or introduction right. or something like that. Okay, so the first part of it is what is this book about? The second part of the paragraph is how is your book going to be either different or better? So this is all about differentiation. Right. Okay, and so you're going to do that for about five or six books and... Some of them are going to have come from Barnes & Noble. Some of them are going to come from um, um, Amazon. And who knows, there might be a couple that come from your own bookshelf. Right. As long as they fall into these categories. Right. Okay. And what this does, this competitive analysis, is now that you've got this profile done, and we've kind of drilled down into what are the problems the book is going to solve for readers. Then now we're kind of like distancing ourselves from what's already out there and starting to really notice, you know, hey, wait a minute, I really do have something to say that nobody else has said, you know. And it's not just the fact that I'm a three-time, you know, organ recipient. Yeah. But it's also what is the overarching message of the book? You know, what right. problems is the book going to solve for readers that maybe some of these others miss out on? Right. You know, maybe some of them are talking about how to deal with your doctor, you know, but they're missing out on the part that has to do with your attitude and your mindset. Right. Right. Or maybe some are treating the reader like they're a patient in a hospital room and you want them to be, you know, vibrant and dynamic and alive and doing fun things, and you know, despite the fact that they're dealing with medical challenges. Yes. Right? Yes. So that's your assignment um, until we figure out when we're going to meet next week. I know you had something. Uh, um, well, a, I did. I did. I did, but we canceled it. So I am available later next week. Oh, you are. Okay. All right. Well, we will work that out. Um, let's look at our calendars right now. I think, Brianna, it makes sense for you to be on one more of these calls, and then, you know, I'm going to be kind of jumping into the chapters um, okay. with Jim. And of course, you know, if Jim wants you to continue being on him, it's fine by me either way. I, I think I think that my challenge, and I've kind of expressed this to Brianna, is understanding the um, the 
the context from which I'm writing from. I, I mean, I, I have a lot of ideas about what I want to say, but I'm trying to figure out kind of a hook of how to best put it together. I mean, I, I'm missing, there's like a, a, a very important piece that's missing that, cause I don't, I don't want it to be biographical and I don't want it to be like telling medical stories. I want it to be more or less me imparting wisdom. Like I said to you, like almost like the Tuesdays with Maury concept. Right. But I need, right. but I have, but I have to figure out a way to creatively tell tell the wisdom, um, tell right. the lessons. Then you, then you know what? I think Tuesdays with Maury, you know, I'm sure it's been reprinted and reprinted and reprinted over and over again. You know, I mean, you could still find it definitely on Amazon and certainly in Barnes & Noble. I think that ought to be one of the books in your competitive analysis. It is, but what I'm trying to do is not, uh, it can't be exactly like a Tuesdays with Maury. It has to be using that as kind of a good example of what I'm trying to create. And so I've thought of a few things, but I just don't know, you know, and, and I, I ran it by Brianna, and Brianna said you should run it by Denise. Um, so um, that's, you know, that that that's an important kind of, cornerstone before I really start getting into it is the structure right. of how I'm going to put this story forth. Right. And you know? that's, that's why we get the foundation of the book in place. And as we're doing that, it just, it, it automatically just seems to pop up for everyone that I work with. So if you, I will send you the strategic book plan that we spent much of our time talking about today. And then as you're doing the, um, as you're doing the competitive analysis, I think there's ideas that will pop into your mind about that in terms of sort of the style and, um, you know, how you want to approach it. And we're going to keep getting closer and closer the next couple weeks, and then you'll have it, and away you go, and, you know, and away we go. So okay. anyway, um, so let's look at um, a time to meet for next week. Okay. Um, I can do Friday at 11 o'clock, but I have other times available as well. So what works for you? Do you want Brianna on next week's call or not? Um, it depends. If Brianna's going to be involved in the, doing the competitive analysis, then I think it would be a good idea. Um, if not, then it's not as necessary. I think I'm going to need... Brianna's help when it comes to picking some of the stories that I'm going to be telling. And so if, I mean, Brianna, you're, 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 you're welcome to chime in if, what your yes. thoughts are. Yeah. I, um, I think I'll join next week, Jim, if that's okay with you. Okay. That's okay. great. I'd, love, I'd can, love to have you. Can you do it at noon next Friday? I can. Same time, same station. Okay. Good. Yes. That's good. All right. All righty. And we'll do it here on uh, on TalkShoe. And I'm going to send you the uh, strategic book plan. I'm going to send you sort of a sample of a competitive analysis. And then I'm also going to send you a link to this call so that you have the audio. Okay. okay? 
So before we wrap up for today, all right, um, let me ask you first, Jim, what did you learn today? Oh, my God. I learned what a bookstore is. No, <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. No, I, I, I think that uh, the steps that you go through, Denise, though, you know, I, I have a tendency to want to focus on in my own universe. I think that what you're showing me is that my universe is needs to find its way within the larger universe, which is the book book selling book buying audience, and you know realize that identifying who that audience is, how are we going to uh, attract that audience, market to them. You know, it's, I think it's, it's it's equally important for me to focus on my reader than it is for me to focus on myself as the author. And so yeah. that's, that's, that's the overriding message that I got from today. Good, good. That's super. That's super. Brianna, how about you? What did you learn today? It was really great for me to listen to Jim's, Jim's perspective and to see how that was stacked up. And um, I feel like I have... I feel like I can see folks now that that um, are going to sit across the table, you know, and are going to want to pick up the book from the shelf. I think I have a better idea of that. And I think it also holds true with who who I'm seeing um, online for Jim, who seems to really be moved by what he says. So it's good. I have a, I have a stronger picture. That's good. Well, we're just getting started, ladies and gentlemen. So it's like, hang in there with this. I know it's, you know, I know people kind of want to, like, start jumping into working on chapters and everything at first. But believe me, doing these foundational pieces first will make the writing and the decision-making later far, far easier for you. Okay. Okay? Very good. So Okey one dokey. question. So, Denise, Denise, what's the temp in Vegas today? What's the what? How hot is it today? Oh, let's see. I think it's supposed to go to either 109 or 110. Lovely. Well, that's, that's <laughs> a, that's a, I, you can you can see why I'm coming out to your neck of the woods in a couple yeah. of weeks. You know, well, it's hot. It's hot out here as well, but not quite that hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So in commerce, how hot is it? How hot is it well, going to get to? No, it's 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 well in in. Calabasas, where I live, it's probably going to be 104 today. Oh, really? Calabasas is barely close to the ocean, isn't it? No, there's a big mountain range in between us and Malibu. Malibu's on the other side of the hill. So if if once you once you go on the other side of the hill, there's a good probably 15 degree difference between our side. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Quite quite a quite a difference. Okay, Brianna, for you, how hot is it out there? Uh, it's in the 90s right now, and we're just happy that not too much of Colorado is burning. So that's always the goal. Right yeah, now. absolutely, absolutely. As few, as few wildfires as possible. <laughs> yeah, there you go, there you go. All right, well, folks, have a good week. I'll probably send this stuff to you later this afternoon um, because TalkShoe would have to do with little technological stuff in the cloud before the uh, the link is ready to send you, and then I'll send you everything all in the same email for both of you. Okay, Sounds great. Sounds Thanks, good. Denise. Sounds good. Thank Okey you. Dokey. 
All right. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. 